Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And here is the word of the Lord. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who had been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ would be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, a star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from their, their own country another way. Pray for me, would you? Stretch your hand this way. I'll pray for you. So God, whatever minutes I have, the time you allow me, I wanted to use it well. Whatever our needs are, I want you to meet them today according to your word. I resist, God, anything that would distract or hinder or take away from your glory. Help us all to be alive and to receive your truth. Amen. Thank you for being seated. Amen. And I, I know that Pastor Jennifer has already invited you for tonight's music and singing, and I just want to reiterate that uh, it's worth your coming. Over the years, I have preached a lot of Christmas sermons, a lot of them. I've done Christmas series. I've preached about the wise men, the shepherds. I've preached about the little drummer boy. There wasn't no drummer boy. I never preached about that. Just testing you. Angels. I've preached about angels. I've preached about songs that are Christmas songs and how they came to us, what they mean. Over the years, however, I've always taken my attention to this lesson that I have preached more than once. I have on my records here that I preached this in 2013. So I've just changed the title to make it look like I haven't preached it. <laughs> no, the title is the same. I've just asked the Lord to help me update it. Would you put the title on the screen, please? 
when you follow a star and find a stable. Anybody ever been there? I have come to understand in my own life that my conduct is usually controlled by my expectations. Let that sink in. Our conduct is usually controlled by our expectations. Let me clarify. It's Christmas time. And the little ones, the children in particular, always look forward with special expectations to what Christmas will bring for them. And as Christmas Eve approaches, parents say to their children, you know who's coming tonight. And you need to get to bed early because who's coming tonight is coming down the chimney when you ain't even got a chimney. <laughs> Kids' expectation for the next morning dictates their conduct. They will go to bed early and they will seek to rise up early. I mean, four o'clock in the morning, they're looking if, you know, if he came yet. And by that time, uh, you know who hadn't put the bicycle together yet. <laughs> Expectations. You with me? And so, the expectations of the destination they are seeking. And that's when the star stops leading in the sky. The expectation of finding a king, the Christ child, the anointed one, cause them to press on. Give me an amen. Think about that and I'm coming back to it. What happens when you have been following a star and it leads you to a stable? Every one of us has had hard times in our life when we followed a star that looked so promising only to find out at the end of the star was a stable. Have you ever reflected on your high school graduation? If you've been graduated, if you have graduated for some time, maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you pull out the yearbook and you look at your friends and others you knew at your high school and they were so promising some were, uh, you know, miss, uh, uh, a young lady, Miss Congeniality, a, a young man, the uh, promising athlete, uh, 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 most likely to succeed. And you look at your yearbook and you find out that these people started out following a star and now you look at them 20 or 30 years ago and you find that it didn't turn out the way they hoped. Uh, what about this analogy? Maybe it was a job that you took that was promising and that was uh, a very much uh, uh, lucrative. You would make a good income. You would retire well. You would also have, a, a, you know, means of promotion. And you start out, and like uh, Don alluded to earlier, he was 12 years in IBM and found out that that's the end of his career. Following a star, finding a stable. Let, let me see if I can give you another analogy. 
there are those who have worked most of their life, proverbially, their fingers to the bone, saved a little money, bought them a little place in the mountains or at the lake. Only upon having reached retirement within months, sickness came or some other unexpected stable. I say that not to dampen your spirits. I say that that sometimes when you follow a star, it doesn't always come out like you want it to come out. The beautiful part of the Christmas story of the wise men is what they do when they come to the stable. Through their actions upon finding the star and the stable, they teach us several things. Let me begin with this one first. Whenever life or misfortune leads you to a stable, look for God. They came. I didn't ask them to put up a star, but I'm glad they did. The Bible says, and scholars, I should say, the Bible doesn't say this, but they must have traveled from a long distance. And it could have been as much as 200 miles. It could have taken them a year or longer. They traveled through sandstorms, hot desert, cold nights, cloudy weather and rain, when upon those nights they couldn't follow the star. They traveled when they were hungry. They traveled when they had a little bit more. Their camels needed to be watered and, and, and fed. So it's likely to say, it's fair to say, it's, they traveled for a year. And upon traveling for a year, the star stops over a stable on the side of a mountain. And I, I presume that. And the stable is a stable. Wasn't that profound? It's got maybe a donkey or oxen or a cow or a sheep or chickens. I've never found any of those animals to smell good. Some crazy Americans have a pig for a pet. If you're coming to see me, don't bring your pet pig. We're going to turn him into something else real quick. Anyhow. What kind of king is going to be born in a stinking, smelly Manure, nasty, barn, stable. Our king. He came to the lowest and to the highest and everybody in between. You notice he wasn't born in the palace to just come to priests and to presidents and pharaohs. He was born in a stable so that when he rises up, he is risen for whosoever will. <laughs> oh, man. They are, they thinking, no, I, I, I don't know here, but the Spirit says to look for God because he is the Messiah. I, I remember now Joseph in the book of Genesis. He started following a star 
And you know where he ended up? He followed a star because God gave him numerous dreams about who he's going to be and where he's going to go and how successful he's going to be. And when he started telling these dreams to his brothers, they were already jealous of him because his father favored him above them. He was the youngest of 12. And uh, when he told his brothers, they got mad. Who do you think you are ruling over us? Who do you think you are? We bowing down to you. And so Joseph's star began to get dim. His brothers hated him with such hate, they wanted to kill him. But one of his older brothers said, no, 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 we're not going to kill him. And the second best choice was to put him in a pit where caravans would travel. And upon the occasion of doing that, they sold their brother and sent him off to wherever the caravan was going. This man started off under star now. And when he got to a certain destination headed into Egypt, uh, one of Pharaoh's high military officers purchased him. Potiphar. And Potiphar put Joseph in his house as a slave. And everywhere Joseph went, he gave his best. Can I get an amen? amen? Yeah, I'm a slave. I just I should be shoddy. He gave his best. On the occasion of pleasing his master Potiphar, Potiphar's wife attempted to seduce him. He resisted, and because he resisted, she lied and said, he tried to rape me. He was thrown in prison. I'm going to tell somebody, if you're in a stable or a pit or a prison, you're not likely to see God. You're going to have to try hard. He's there, but you're going to have to try hard. And so he's interpreting some dreams for some of the prisoners down there to Bacon the butler. And every interpretation he gives, especially this two, they're accurate, right on the spot. I mean, he's doing such a good job in the prison until the warden gave him control over the whole prison. These two in, uh, blessed men, the Bacon the butler, I need to hurry the story. They, they said, when we got this mess we in, we go to the fair and we're going to tell you. Tell him who you are. When they go and they forget the old boy. Don't raise your hand. Got any friends like that? Until God gets in the picture. Because if you look for God in a pit or in a prison, if you really look for God, God's going to make way for the palace. Amen. Amen. God elevates Joseph to the high level of prime minister of all of Egypt. An old Jewish guy, young Jewish guy in a foreign land with a foreign religion. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you get to your stable, if it starts with a pit, but you serve God and you praise God and you hold on to your dream and you love God when everybody's sneering and laughing and calling your names and hate you. If God's got a plan for you and he's told you he will do it, he will do it every time. Every time. Look for God in the middle of a mess. Whether you put yourself in that mess or somebody else does. I'm happier than you are clapping. 
Let, let, let me show you something else. You, you remember Joseph, uh, uh, but you also remember Job. Yeah? Job, right? You know Job? His name is not Job. His name is Job. <laughs> look, look, look at a man who followed a star. Wow. Served God. Offered sacrifice. Prayed daily. Gave of his offerings. He was one of the richest men in his region, if not the richest man. Righteous man. Nobody could find fault in him. The devil shows up to God one day and he knows that Job loves God and vice versa. And the devil says to God, I tell you what, what's going on here. Job is serving you for all the stuff you gave him. Huh? If you take away the stuff you gave him, he'll backslide. He'll quit on you. And God says, uh, okay, don't kill him, but do whatever you want to do to him. Let's see if you're right. In one day, in one day, he loses his cows, his oxen, his sheep, his goat, every livestock, either by wind or fire or people stealing it. He's got ten kids, seven sons and three daughters. On the occasion of them partying, he would always sacrifice, lest perhaps in their partying they would have offended God. In one day, a tornado-like wind swept across the path of where their house was and the whole house collapsed on them and killed them. One day. One man would bring bad news by the time he finished. Another man would bring bad news. The other man wouldn't even finish and another one would bring bad news. How many of you know that the devil is not short on bad news? Man, Job sit by an old extinguished fire and now it's just ashes. He takes off his regular everyday clothes, puts on what would seem like rough, ragged-looking clothes, coarse, takes some of the ashes off of that fire, extinguished now, and put it on his head. And his wife shows up, Sister Job. She says to him, symbolically, you've lost everything. Our kids, our livestock, our wealth. Why don't you just curse God and die? Put up the, the next bullet for me. Here's the difference between a weak Christian and a strong Christian. Weak Christians see God only in the good. As long as the bill is paid, kids are behaving, marriage is doing okay, job is doing okay, I'll serve Jesus. You know there are Christians who think that they're strong but they're weak. We Christians are that, gimme, 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 gimme. My name is Jimmy. Where are you, Jimmy? 
I just like for Jimmy to stand right. <laughs> Strong. Oh, I feel real happy now. I don't know where I'm going for lunch. I don't know where you are, but I don't care. Strong Christians see God in both the good and the bad. Oh, Job sat down in the floor full of sores and boils, smelling bad, broke a piece of pottery and scraping the nasty, smelly, stinking. Even the dogs don't want to come near him. He's so odorous. And he's scraping that on his wife. Sister Job says, why don't you curse God and die? Job says, naked I came into this world, and naked I'm going out. The Lord give us, and the Lord take us away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody clap and give the Lord praise. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not just a good time Christian. I'm not just a Christian when all's going well. Everything I have, God gave me. And if you want to take it, he can take it. Job asked his wife in chapter 2, why, why, why should we serve God in good times and not in adversity? God's testing our metal. <laughs> oh, boy. Let, let, let me tell you something. Here's a second point. I have 15. Uh, just, just kidding. When the wise men found the stable, they give their very best to God. Amen? Very best to God. And they had opened their treasures. They presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here, that little kid in the stables. Stables smell bad. This kid, you know, the parents don't have much. I mean, this, this, this child don't look like no Messiah. This child don't look like nobody's Savior. But before they left their city, 100 miles away, God didn't tell them what the child's going to look like or whether they go find a barn or stable or whatever. God told them, pack these stuff and take them with you and don't give them to anybody else. They didn't know that they were going to see God's son. Oh, let me tell you, when you come to this house every Sunday, you're not coming to see me. You ain't even coming to see each other. You are going to be in the presence of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and the angels of God encamp around us. So when we come, we ought to bring our best to God. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I could get controversial here, but I'm not going to. Shoot. You know I'm headed out of here, so I care what I say. Are you saying glory because I'm leaving? Or you know, just, <laughs> I love you, Arlene. Just, just, just kidding. Very best. They come to the stable and find this baby. Don't look like royalty. Don't look like king. And they lay down gold. 
They don't back up. Well, we should go to Pharaoh's house and impress him with our gifts and then go to Walmart and bring him something. You're preaching so good. How about it, Arlene? That's what God gets. And that's not right. I don't know what your best is. And what's your best, Susan, may not be mine, but we should both bring our best. He gave his best. God doesn't intend to bankrupt you and make you lose your house or your car. He doesn't need a house. He don't need a car. But he needs our obedience. We could have gone to Pharaoh, and we, pardon me, Herod, and give him our gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Maybe he has a little child. He may impress him. God didn't tell you or I to impress each other or him. Didn't he say what your right hand gives, meaning in, uh, don't let your left hand. You know. uh, wow. Would you put the next bullet up? Sometimes when you're preaching, you just process. When we find a stable instead of a palace, we often tempted to hold back from giving our best. That's what I just said. I only ask for it now. Isn't that so true? You know, when when Christmas comes here, and it's not far away, I gotta do this, and you, I'm recommend to you, don't give a gift to get a gift. You know, give it out of your heart. When we do something for God or somebody else, don't always expect a return. That's what God blesses. Do it out of your love, your passion. You know, if it's only $5 you got, then do it because you love the Lord. You love somebody else. The difference between the average and above average person lies in the three words and then some. The, the, the three wise men follow the star and they come to where the Christ child lays and they give their gifts and then some. I, I got a little something here that I haven't committed to memory, so I have to go back to the pulpit and just see to it that we build an elevator for me. <laughs> so I don't. Uh, <laughs> I like this. It's a, it's a little humorous, but, uh, you know, it says this about gift. Do you know what would have happened if there had been three wise women instead of three wise men? Let me tell you, the three wise women would have, would ask for directions, <laughs> say 50 miles. The three wise women would have arrived on time. The three wise women would have helped deliver the baby. <laughs> okay, Joe, you stand back here. We got this. The three wise women would have cleaned the stable. Can I get a witness? Three wise women would have made a casserole instead of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What can that baby do with that? <laughs> they would have brought practical gifts and there would be peace on earth. <laughs> I like that peace on earth from the lady. You know, uh, I, I would say this. When you find yourself a stable, you in the stable, Make the best of it. 
look for God, give it your best, but give it your extra. Uh, when you come to church, you may not be your 100%, but whatever percent you have, give it. Amen. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you this. When, when you come to the house of God, uh, you should start before you get to the house of God praising God. Yeah. Don't wait till you get here to have some song leader pump you up. This ain't Disney World and we ain't pumping up no cheerleaders. When I, when I head to the house of God on Sunday mornings, regardless of how I'm feeling, I got the radio on and I got some Christian music going on. And then right after that, Ravi Zacharias comes on. And, and I'm thinking, oh, Ravi said this this morning. about I thought about the stable. He said this and I wrote it down. Uh, you know, I know some of you listen to him. If I didn't know you listened to him, I'd act like I said it. But <laughs> w watch this. Watch this about a stable. For many, for many, despair is not but for a day. It is a lifestyle. Boy, that, that hit me like that. In my own life, and I thought about some of you. Despair, discouragement, anxiety, worry, frustration for many is not but an hour. It's for a lifetime. But I got another thought for you. For many. Joy is not for a moment. <laughs> Joy is not but for a moment. It can be a lifetime. How many want some of that? Amen. Let me tell you something else. When somebody else gets in their stable, if you can't say anything good, leave them alone. That's right. That's right. Uh, let me tell you, there are people who mean well, but they stomp people down in their stable. If you haven't been in their stable, be quiet. So many so-called Christians see somebody in a stable and they say something like, bless God, if they had faith, they wouldn't be in that stable. <laughs> one, of, one of the most, or two of the most damaging thing that happened to me when I was sick some time back Pastor Jeff, is when Christian people said to me, shake it off, shake it off. It's like I was trying to get attention. Shake it off. Have you ever heard me talk about the spirit of slap? I, I had people that were close to me now, Pastor Trace, said that. A another one said to me, who attends this church, Bless God, if he was a man of God, he wouldn't be in a stable kind of way. You remember that Elijah called fire down from heaven. I'm praying to be like Elijah. That is terrible. That is awful. That, that is smelly. That stinks. 
If you've never walked a mile in their shoe, leave them alone. Pray for them and love them. It's a wise man who finds a stable and finds somebody in a mess who say, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my friend. Come up out of that stable in Jesus' name. Stand up, everybody, and thank God by praising him. Oh, I praise you, Lord. Come on, praise him. He brought you out of your stable. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, it's how I'm going to end this service. Join somebody's hand. Cross the aisle with somebody. This is what I feel to do. And if you need to come to the altar, it's wide open. You just come if you want to. But I need you to help some people get out of their stable. I need you to help. Say, I don't care what color you are. I don't care how much money you make. I, 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 I don't care what the devil's told you, but I'm telling you, if you're down, God's going to use me to peel you up. I, I want you to tell somebody by holding their hand, keep following your star. Keep following, because you will find the Messiah. Say amen. You, have, you will find the Messiah who will grow into boyhood, into youth, into young adult and adult. They'll stretch him on a tree, 33 years old, but they'll put him in the grave. But three days later, say this way, three days later, he's coming out. And he came out to bring you out. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for each other. Come on. You pray a little bit louder than you do and just love that person out of the stable. Come on, come on, do it. Come on, pray with passion. Pray with passion. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. We're coming out of that ditch. We're coming out of that place that's like hell. You're doing good, church. You tell somebody through your prayer. You let them know that you're going to help them follow their star. You're going to help them follow their star. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Oh, God, let your glory shine upon us. Come on, come on, church. Pray, pray. Don't, don't, don't hurry your prayer. Let your glory come down. Oh, God, let your peace come down. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. God, I pray that you'll make us wise men. And for the ladies, wise women, fill us, fill us with hope, fill us with praise, fill us with the gifts of the Spirit. I praise you, Lord. If you believe it's done, say amen. Stay where you are. Don't, don't release your hands if you like. The Holy Spirit just reminded me before you sing. The last verse of our text says that after they gave the gifts to Jesus, an angel spoke to them at night in a dream. In a dream. Don't go back to Herod. Go a different way. When a devil tells you go that way, you go a different way. Amen. Whatever God delivers you from, go a different way. Let's praise the Lord. This will be our closing. Stay where you are and let, let's sing it.
praise you him. If you need to go back, that's fine if you need to. You are love. Sing with him. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Ah, yes. Sing together. as you go your way.